0: today more than ever in the history of education, credible online master's degrees are of great value. Introducing the Master of Science in Pharmacology program from UCI. The University of California, Irvine, UCI, is ranked as the number nine public university in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. UCI is noted for its excellent research and graduate programs, an extensive commitment to undergraduate education, and a growing number of professional schools and programs of academic importance, and social significance. Fall registration is now open. Apply today at sites.uci.edu slash mspharmacology to learn more and reserve your seat by June 15th, 2020. That's sites.uci.edu slash mspharmacology and reserve your seat today. The deadline is June 15th, 2020.
1: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to Senior Rx Radio, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Senior Rx Radio is brought to you by the American Society of Consultant Pharmacists, the ASCP. ASCP is devoted to optimal medication management and improved health care outcomes for older adults. Learn more at our website, ASCP.com. Welcome to Senior RX Radio. I'm Dr. Jaron Stout.
0: And I am Dr. Joanne Pio, and we are your hosts of Senior RX Radio.
1: Today's guest is Dr. Michaela Landy, Assistant Clinical Professor at Northeastern University. Welcome to the show, Michaela.
2: Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: So, at the um, ASCP Annual Conference, you did a presentation, Michaela, on the art of resilience. And I, as a new graduate, as a new pharmacist, I'm just so happy that about this topic, what led you to choose this topic?
2: So um, we actually had initially submitted this as a session, a non-CE sort of session for students and new practitioners. And we ended up flipping it towards this sort of TED Talk style, um, a little bit more informal just to kind of introduce the topic during... um, during the meeting. So I think that that was a great platform to kind of get this conversation started. And what had initially um, encouraged me to submit was this, it's becoming a hot topic in academia. So I really think it's something that's been waiting to surface for a very long time, no matter how long ago you graduated or you were in school. Everybody remembers that anxious feeling of having an exam coming up. The overwhelming, sometimes even crippling for certain individuals, the moments before an exam starts or just that general feeling where you're so focused on school that you forget about anything else, including taking care of yourself and kind of what what else is going on in the world. So we really want to start to encourage students to sort of find that work-life balance, take care of themselves, work through these challenges and moments of stress. And so that's really, it's, it's a big part of my daily life in academia. But I hadn't really seen too much about resilience presented at ASCP yet, and it is something that's a hot topic with a lot of other organizations, such as ASHP. So I felt like the topic was timely, and it was sort of our time to dive into this. Um, Also because I think we all feel a certain degree of burnout in our roles as pharmacists. It isn't just for our students and trainees going through residency programs and fellowships. It's something we can incorporate into our own lives, personally and professionally. So I felt like it really pertained to all audiences, and I wanted to start the conversation.
1: Absolutely. Um, so also, where did, you, uh, where did you go to school?
2: So I graduated from the University of Rhode Island in 2015. Time is flying.
1: Yes, yes, it is. It surprises me. I mean, I only graduated in, in 2011, and most of the pharmacists I meet are graduating after me. So it seems like we're just getting a a very large flux of pharmacists in the market right now. And um, so that being the case with all these pharmacists that are kind of out there, and it seems like we're a little bit flooded right now. Everyone knows that we're a little saturated. So how would you define resilience as it relates, relates to us pharmacists?
2: I think it's different person to person, really. But for me, I sort of define it as this Test of stress, um, you could say, like "quote unquote," a, a test. We're really used to tests in academia, but it's it's a sort of a life test, and it's going through these these tough times, which again can certainly be different based based on the person and the situation. But generally, going through these moments of anxiety, where you have maybe internal or external tension, something that's that's causing a lot of stress, and coming out on the other side, not just making it through but sort of coming out better on the other side and i think we all have had moments whether you realize it or not small or large that you have found a sense of of inner strength during a difficult time and it could be again personally professionally and you just work to navigate through that um sometimes it's a learned trait and sometimes it's it's um something that's just in a person naturally um so I, I think it, it does vary very much but like I, uh, before I before we started this session I had been thinking with everything going on with um, COVID-19 how are we going to find the time to focus on this resilience podcast right now but really I think it's it's very timely um, because that's actually what we're all doing everybody's in this sort of panic mode even the most Absolutely. Senior, you know it is it's all of us the mo- we all graduated um relatively recently, but even the more senior health professionals, uh, we're all in this constant balance of risk and benefits. And this is happening 24 hours a day where it's normally part of our job, but not something we're doing constantly. Um, And even if you look at what's happening socially, look at some of the small businesses during this difficult time, kind of separating ourselves even from pharmacy we can look and see that they're finding these creative ways to stay open and pay employees and, and keep their lights on, whether it's doing takeout or delivery only for some of the restaurants. I exercise at a locally owned um, facility and the owner set up live streaming classes. So you might not think about these adjustments that we're going through as anything special, but these are examples of resiliency, both in the healthcare world and
0: outside of that. Well said. Yes, very well said. Um, it's so funny um, because a 2017 study was discussing like burnout, like that's a big discussion right now among pharmacists or oh, or yeah, even yeah. among healthcare professionals getting burned out because we possibly don't know how to deal with the different stressors. And what I've noticed about pharmacists, we are trained to be perfectionists. We are trained to find mistakes in a patient's medication profile so that we can get that optimal medication therapy. But sometimes that perfectionist attitude extends into other areas of our lives and it's just not possible to be perfect at everything.
2: Absolutely. I could not have said that better. And I'm sure for many of the people listening to this podcast, you can probably think to yourself that There are many members of the IDT or the interdisciplinary team, but when something happens, a lot of times they look to the pharmacist on the team to do it because they know that it will be done correctly. And it kind of brings it back to that perfectionism that I think we have. And that's sort of ingrained in a lot of our personalities. It might be why we went to pharmacy school or it's something that develops during pharmacy school and sort of that postgraduate or fellowship training. It's kind of,
0: it's, it's in our DNA, really. I was gonna say um, real quickly. I was watching this video, and it, I've seen different studies on it that for a, a healthcare professional, not even a healthcare professional, for all humans, for them to be balanced, they need they have to have five areas: work, family, um, friendship. Um, and I guess it's four, and then intimacy and with work, work is like a rubber ball. If you lose your job, you can go get another job, but with family, friends and relationships, if you mess up with that, it's like a glass, it chatters. So I think for, um, for pharmacists in terms of resiliency, um, it's finding that balance outside of work. As well inside work.
2: Absolutely. And I think it's important to find that balance and to also try to find something you're happy working in or an area that you're, that satisfies or fulfills kind of what you said that you have these buckets in life that you sort of need to fill in order to have this balance. And as much as work, you know, I, I think We should all prioritize family and our home life uh, as our number one priority. But with work, you're there more than you are at home with your own family and your friends. And so we do have a huge degree of burnout. And actually, the um, National Academy of Medicine, they had reported that 50% of U.S. physicians identified having significant burnout and emotional exhaustion in their jobs And we've seen a similar trend among pharmacists, so much so that ASHP had actually incorporated well-being and resilience into their strategic plan. So it was very heavily incorporated into their more recent strategic plan. They've even set a goal to improve patient care by enhancing the well-being and resilience of pharmacists, student pharmacists, and pharmacy technicians. And that's directly from that strategic plan. And this is because we we cannot take care of patients if we can't take care of ourselves, right? So I think that that's a, a critical part of healthcare is taking care of our, ourselves in order to adequately take care of patients. And right now, there's so much stress on the healthcare system um, in the current climate with coronavirus. And I think you know it's inevitable. We're going to see more stress put on our pharmacists, nurses, physicians. Um, so we're really depending on resilience at this point. And Unfortunately, if if individuals don't have those traits naturally, they do need to develop them. And schooling is a great way to incorporate some of that. So we're actually um, at Northeastern University where I'm faculty. One of our faculty members recently got a course approved focused specifically on resiliency for this exact purpose.
1: Couldn't agree more. I love it. I, I really believe that we are literally right in the midst of an evolutionary shift in the role of a pharmacist. Um, right now, as it currently stands, uh, the duties that we perform uh, day in and day out, typically as a pharmacist, are tasks that make us replaceable. And it's until we start to prove our value and to step outside of these roles it's until not until we start to step out of that and start proving our worth in other areas. Unless we evolve right now, there are many who will be replaced and it's the ones who are resilient, the ones who do evolve that will be the ones standing it. That's just my opinion. Um, now for instance, I spent many years as a consultant pharmacist for, uh, dispensing pharmacies, um, went with one for a very long time. Uh, then we got bought out. I worked for a very large one for a a short period. Um, and for me personally, I just realized that their perspective discounted my role. So I was more of a sales rep than an actual clinical consultant. And I just felt like I was discounting my services. I didn't feel like I was providing the best service I could to help their residents. Um, and it wasn't until I branched out and created my own consulting company that I actually felt like I was making an impact. Um, and it. And when you talk about resilience, I think one of the things we overlook is that I had this fabulous idea. I was like, you know what? I'm a great consultant. I'm going to implement collaborative practice because nobody's doing that. And I don't know why. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to implement this and everyone's going to hire me (laughs) and it'll just be really easy to grow. But it did take some resilience to work through that and realize, you know what? People don't know what pharmacists are capable of. So as a result, I had a very difficult time growing up front. But once I powered through that, People, the word got out, started to realize what pharmacists could be doing, what we should be doing, what kind of impact we're capable of making. And now I, I continue to grow more and more. Um, and it's because of that resilience, that that ability to power through what what is disappointing up front. And it used to be like, if I went to a facility and I felt like I was going to acquire them, and then out of nowhere, they would say no, like it would just It would just really bring me down for a few days. It would take me a while to recuperate. Um, But now I've learned to just kind of be resilient, like you're saying. Just kind of like, don't get too high, don't get too low, um, and get get through those tough times. Um, And another story I I want to share real quick. Early in my career, I worked with a a director of nursing um, who's known for being very hard nosed, Um, and she blamed me when the state survey came in and gave them some tags. I didn't feel like it was fair to blame me for it. It was early in my career. And so I kind of, I just kind of sat and and ate it, you know, let her just kind of rip into me. Um, and, and today she's one of my biggest advocates, um, in, in helping me grow and getting the word out. And if we just, um, don't burn bridges, uh, collaborate, show people that we care, that um, we're a team player, um, that's when people notice and, and will we'll bring you in, if that makes sense. So given the current environment with the, uh, the coronavirus, there's several concerns that we have as pharmacists. Uh, first of all, there's a possibility that drug shortages are going to happen. Because of the fact that the coronavirus originated in China, and it's ironic that this happens, because literally less than a year ago, uh, Rosemary Gibson, who was a guest on this show, wrote the book China RX and said, "You know, if there's a, a global pandemic, we're in deep. We're in it deep because we don't have a backup plan. We're relying too heavily on China. Um, so what are what are some items that you think?" Uh, Will help pharmacists be resilient in this very troublesome time.
2: So, a core element of resilience is perception. Um, I have personally always hated the word trauma. But for example, let's say something bad happens. How do you how do you view this event? Um, because events are not traumatic until we experience and view them as such. And this could, of course, absolutely depend on the situation. Um, but an event could be viewed as trauma or it could be viewed as an opportunity to sort of learn and grow. Thinking of my own personal experience, and I spoke about this at the ASCP annual meeting, is my father has substance use disorder. And with my dad, my own situation, I was once told that my experiences with my father were trauma. And I see this perspective, but at the same time, you are given cards um, in life that you might not necessarily have control over. And you have to sort of work with the cards that you're dealt. And with this being my life, uh, my own life, I would never allow myself or anybody else to view that being my life as traumatic. Um, By thinking like this, there's potential to make yourself less vulnerable. So if you sort of spin things in a positive light or you You choose to view them as opportunities versus trauma. And I'm not saying that you should harden your heart or turn off your feelings. I don't think that that's the right um, perspective. But I mean that when some sort of struggle occurs in your life, trying to shift your initial negative response or that stress to look for the positive. And I think that that can be really helpful in developing resilience. So, for example, if we look at the current situation with coronavirus and we shift our mindset, so many of us are having anxious thoughts um, and people are very overwhelmed right now. So to try to look at the silver lining or look at the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, um, we know that we can look at this at from changing the perspective from permanent to impermanent so knowing that we can help change the situation social distancing um, and that it will eventually pass so really doing our best to be positive um, and where you can change things change them
1: all right so also talking about how to manage our stressors what are some ways to to identify those stressors and to manage them?
2: So stressors are different for every individual. Um, For me, I could say that it's when I'm getting too many alerts or communications through different mechanisms. So, for example, at work, we have clinical tasking and email um, and secure messaging through text messages. And then I have a separate email. So I'm getting so many things at one time. And this can really cause a lot of stress for me and I know if anybody else has lots of different information coming into them through all these different avenues um, that naturally will just increase stress. So really trying to prioritize and identifying those stressors and sort of working through what the best way for you um, as an individual to handle and work through that is. So for me, it's prioritizing Anything that's a means of clinical communication, I check that and I prioritize that first. Um, and I also try to encourage my coworkers to reach me by whatever my preferred communication is. So just this is just as an example. Um, but if you know what your stressor is, trying to be strategic and organized as you work through that and keeping some sort of structure in order to help you um, reduce the amount of stress.
1: What do you think is more important? Is it time management, or is it um, finding uh, your your place in your career?
2: Ooh, that's a tough question. So, I liked what you were saying. I really think all of that tied into well being, and I would say that in terms of sort of finding your place in your career, um, I think that that's fluid i think you continuously are working towards that and it's it, evolving and changing from a time management perspective that is how you maintain longevity in any position so right. so you really need to refine those time management skills and trust me i would never say i am perfect at that by any stretch of the imagination but in terms of finding that work-life balance, um, prioritizing your mental health, your well-being, making sure that's how you'll be satisfied. So if you are home and that's your kind of your time to de-stress, but like I said, you spend more time, more likely than not in the office or in the pharmacy or wherever your practice site is, then you likely do at home with your family. So you really need to be happy when you go into work and when you leave work. And every job, no matter where you are, has its ups and downs. But a lot of times the grass is not always green around the other side as much as we, we want to believe that. It, yeah, I think Absolutely. we all right With everything, um, there's always something you're looking forward to, right? So oh can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend. And we all do this. But you really need to sort of live in the moment. And you do need to make the best of your situation and look for the positive moments and I think in life you can, you can make something positive by being more conscious of the good moments, right? So we tend to fixate on the negative experiences, the negative interactions, the things that cause stress or um, can be a little bit distressing to you. So if something bad happened with one prescription or you made a mistake with one thing over the course of the day, you focus on that for the next 10 hours but you probably did so many wonderful things over the course of the day that you didn't give yourself credit for. And I think that is huge and we all do oh, it. Oh, that is so true. Yeah. We all do yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah. We always fail to recognize the the good things we did and we focus on the bad so often.
2: Absolutely. So I think that that's, I think time management, I, if I had to, to pick, I would say time management is more important Um in the long run, just for longevity, no matter where you are, but kind of identifying where you want to be with, with your career is something that changes. Um, and that's, I think what, that's why that mentorship is so important. It truly is.
1: Well, now I feel better. Cause that's where I ranked it as well. So <laughs> now, now I feel like I ranked it right. <laughs>
0: yeah. I am I'm, I'm learning that now, you know, the grass, is not always greener on the other side. And I like what you said that sometimes I find myself like when I'm working on patients like, Oh crap, you know, I screwed up, but I didn't think about the other 10 patients that, Oh, okay. You got this done. Right. So I think just, I think one important thing for us is to own it. You know, when we make a mistake, own it and apologize and then just move on. And I think the patients will respect us. Much more,
2: absolutely. Demonstrating that sense of responsibility to patients, um, build good relationships with them, and it makes you proud of the things that you're doing. So we all make mistakes as human beings. It doesn't matter if you have been a licensed pharmacist for a year or a licensed pharmacist for twenty years. Um, But owning your mistakes changes. Who you, who you are and how you deal with certain situations and how you're perceived by your patients and your, your team members, whether they're your pharmacy technicians or they're your interdisciplinary team members that you know, you're know you sitting around a table with and um, discussing patient care plans every day. So no matter where you are, owning those things are, are very important.
0: I am so happy that you came on the show today, Dr. Landy. Um, Me too. Yeah, this was fun. This was this was a nice little stress reliever <laughs> session.
2: A little break from coronavirus.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little break from the coronavirus. Um,
2: yeah, we all fun. need to go for walks, read a book. That's what I'm going to do after this. I'm going to read a book. This is my opportunity. I haven't read
0: a book in a long time, so... <laughs> Is it going to be a book about pharmacy? Because it doesn't count. Oh, no. Nope. <laughs> James Patterson. <laughs> that's, oh. that's a You are there. Well, we thank you so much for coming on today's show and um, just talking to us about the art of resilience, um, about changing our perspective, forming those connections, um, getting a mentor, and just um, taking care of ourselves, finding that balance. So, we thank you and we thank our wonderful listeners.
2: It was yeah, such a thank pleasure. You. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Senior Rx Radio. Be sure to share this podcast with your fellow consultant pharmacists and pharmacy associates to learn more about better outcomes for older adult patients. Join us on the web at ascp.com.